They've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome to the Bible with the Barbers. You'll notice my wife is not alongside of me because she's doing baby duty, our grandson. He's with her, and she's at home, and she's on the phone, so I want to welcome my faithful bride, Mary Danielle. Are you with us? I'm with you. Well, thank you, Jesus. Mary Danielle, we're going to be talking on a lot of different things. The Lord's Prayer, you know, obviously we're going to continue. We're also going to talk about Bible verses to meditate on when life is uncertain. But before we do that, Mary Danielle, we always love to do the readings from Mass, the Gospel. And so I'm going to read the Gospel, and then I want to hear your commentary on it. Will that be fair? Yes. <laughs> All right, my love. Uh, the reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 1 to 16. There was a feast of Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there in Jerusalem, at the Sheep Gate, a pool called in Hebrew, Hebrew Besada with five porticles. In these lay a large number of ill, blind, lame, and crippled. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, and knew that he had been ill for such a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. While I am on my way, someone else gets down there before me. Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your mat and walk. Immediately the man became well took up his mat, and walked. Now, that day was a Sabbath. So the Jews said to that man who was cured, It is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to carry your mat. He answered them, The man who made me well told me, Take up your mat and walk. They asked him, Who is that man? Who told you, Take up and walk. The man who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had slipped away since there was a crowd there. After this, Jesus found him in the temple area and said to him, Look, you are well. Do not sin any more, so that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went and told the Jews, that Jesus was the one who had made him well. Therefore, the Jews began to persecute Jesus because he did this on the Sabbath, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, Mary, what's going on here? Well, it's interesting. I think the Lord is teaching us a lot in this. Mm -hmm. Number one, there was this um, sheep gate and this pool that mm -hmm. says, Bethesda, mm -hmm. where um, the angel came down and stirred up the water in the pool, and then the first person who went into the pool was healed. Mm -hmm. Well, the man had been laying there for 38 years. Mm -hmm. For all of those out there, for all of us out here who who um, have been struggling against, um, you know, our weakness and our, our, our vices mm -hmm. for so many years, 
don't give up. <laughs> Keep struggling. <laughs> That's great. There's that man. He's just sitting there at the pool. And I remember one time a, a professor said, well, good grief. Why couldn't he get down there by the side of the pool? And who knows? Who knows? But Jesus, of all the people there by the side of the pool, Jesus looks at this man. He's been sitting there for 38 years. So don't get discouraged when you don't overcome your weaknesses right away. 38 years, he kept coming back. Mm-hmm. He persevered. And so Jesus heals him in an instant. He doesn't even have to go down into the water. And so the sick man, and he doesn't even know who Jesus is. He has no idea. He picks up his mat, and he's walking around with it. And the Pharisees are all upset because, well, this is the Sabbath. What are you carrying that mat for? Again, they were very legalistic. Mm -hmm. They didn't understand the Spirit of God, but they understood the letter of the law. And they also added to the letter of the law, quite frankly. They changed it sometimes. So... He carries his pallet around, and and they say, well, who told you to do that? How come you're doing that on the Sabbath? Well, the man who cured me. Mm. Well, who is he? So when Jesus finds him, now, the man didn't know, but again, Jesus finds the man in the temple, and he tells him, he says, now, be careful, okay? Mm. You're well, right? But sin no more, that nothing worse befalls you. So, and, and again, in our current crisis, you know, we're... Here he is. He's well, right? Now he's physically whole. What worse could befall him, we think? You know, what's worse than death? We think. What's worse than getting sick? We think. I mean, we've become so depraved in our society. We're so afraid of suffering that people who have coronavirus, their family members cannot take care of them. Excuse me? Can we wake up? What is happening here? Mm-hmm. No, we shouldn't be so afraid of the sufferings of the body that we forget the needs of the soul. What worse could happen to him? Sin. Sin is the worst thing that can happen to any of us. Right. So the Lord is calling us all to give up all of our sins. And that's what we really need. We need to repent. We need to return to the Lord, and we need to repent. People need to go to confessions, and if you know they don't have them advertised at your parish, go ahead and knock on the rectory door. <laughs> we, had a, we had a priest tell us that, that at his parish on over the weekend, yes. um, they stationed him at the rectory door, so he's behind the screen inside the house, and people uh-huh. just came up to the front porch and made their confession, and awesome. then um, the pastor went over to the, to the gate, the, the wrought iron gate by the school, and set himself up behind the gate, and the people came up. So that there are lots of ways to hear these confessions, and, and um, there's lots of opportunities. And again, I know that you and Jesse mentioned at the end of the, the last show, go and visit Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Right. The churches are open. Mm-hmm. Go and spend time with our Lord and ask him to, to heal us and cure us, and most of all, to give us the courage and the strength to understand that our spiritual life is what's the most important. Yeah. You know, it's funny. They said only necessity, you know, you can only go out for necessities. What is more necessary than praying to God and being with him? Mm, amen. Catholics, if we believe that Jesus Christ is really present in the most blessed sacrament, body, blood, soul, and divinity, in his risen glorified state, as he is present in heaven, he is here on earth in the Eucharist, why aren't our churches crowded with people praying for the Lord to pour out his grace and his mercy upon us? Well said. In Where my... is our faith? Well is said. our faith in the medical practice, in science, or is our faith, is it in governments, or is our faith in God? Mary, well said. In our chapel here at the Sacred Heart Chapel from 10 a.m. to 5, and even in the evenings if they call, we can you can visit Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. We're blessed to have you come. Mary, on this, this uh, gospel also, doesn't it also 
refer to like the uh, but with the Old Testament talked about the water there, but it's like a baptism. It refers to us as the, 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 re, the waters of baptism uh, giving us new life. Is that a fair statement to can make the connection to baptism? Right. You can make the connection there, waters here. And it's, it's interesting because in the Old Testament reading for today, you had the, the prophet Ezekiel, where Ezekiel sees the water. Right, Isaiah. And the water is running, and first it's, you know, it's ankle deep, and then it's knee deep, and then it's thigh, and then it becomes a river that no one can wade through. Ezekiel. And yet it says the water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah, and when it enters the stagnant waters of the sea, the waters will become fresh, so it makes the seawater fresh. And wherever the river goes, every living creature which swarms will live, and there will be many fish, for this water goes there. The waters of the sea may become fresh, so everything may live where the river goes. And on the banks on both sides there will grow trees for food, and their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail, but they will bear fresh fruit every month, because the water for them flows from the sanctuary. The fruit will be the food, and the leaves will be for healing. And so, yeah, the, the, the first reading from Ezekiel, and then this, this reference to the baptism, the, the bull of Bethesda. Remember, in the old for the Jews, if, if a person was suffering from some ailment, it meant he was sin, he was in sin. So to go into the waters and to be washed of sin, if you were cured, you were washed of your sins. And so, yes, Ezekiel, and, and that's what baptism does for us. It washes us of sin. And that's the greatest, you know, Jesus there at the end. He says, you know what, see that something worse doesn't happen to you. Sin no more. Sin no more. Because sin is worse. Well the, said. The, the disease of sin, the, the, the cancer, the virus. The, yeah. It, and it can be deadly. I mean, people say, oh, it's just a little venial sin. It's, oh, it's no big deal. And it's like, you know what, the more complacent we get about sin, the easier it is to commit a mortal sin. Well, every sin is a big deal because every sin is a real offense against God. It was real. It's an offense against someone who loves us. Amen. And let's get the confession. You know, we should do, Amen. get that as, as often as possible. Mary Danielle, uh, we had this article from Spirituality talking about the Bible verses to meditate on when life is uncertain. And then after that, we're going to get right into the Our Father meditation here at the Bible with the Barbers. I want to remind all of our listeners, our conferences are on hold right now. We're having to reschedule things until this coronavirus passes. But I also want to encourage you to be praying for our leaders, especially we just got word that Archbishop Ullman of New Orleans has the, the coronavirus, 70 years old. And he's. Uh, I love his answer. He says, yeah, I'm... I've I've been basically um, I'm saying I'm self quarantined in order to be responsible. He says I will use this quiet time for additional prayer and sacrifice for all those seriously affected by the virus. See, that's a true leader, right? What he just said, he's going to take this time and pray and make reparation and take this as God's, you know, giving him a, another trial for his own life. I thought that was quite beautiful. And don't forget our good friend Dan Burke, who just retired from the EWTN. Catholic Register, also is in intensive care right now with the coronavirus. He also has compromised lungs, so that's a that's a, a bad co- a combination. Hey, I hear the music, Mary Danielle. When we come back, let's get into Bible verses to meditate on when life is uncertain. And then, again, the Our Father. Boy, that's a, a great prayer, the, the prayer that Jesus taught us. Here at the Bible with the Barbers, join us each Tuesday. If this is your first time, we want to welcome you. You can always get these on the podcasts also, the old ones. We'll be back with much more at the Bible with the Barbers.
Attention VMPR listeners, we've talked at length about the attack on our youth through popular culture media, but what if I told you there was someone trying to make a difference? The newest novel, Britfield and the Lost Crown, by C.R. Stewart, is reaching schools across America and sharing Christian morals alongside great storytelling. What if I told you that this mission needs your help? To reach more children, Britfield and the Lost Crown need funding for their ongoing book tour. If you're interested in making a difference, if you're interested in buying the book or are curious and want more information, go to BritfieldInstitute.org. That's B-R-I-T-F-I-E-L-D Institute.org. Or email media at Britfield.com. Help open up the world of Britfield and the Lost Crown to people everywhere. Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. According to St. John Paul II, being a Christian means saying yes to Jesus Christ. It consists in surrendering to the word of God and relying on it, but also endeavoring to know better and better the profound meaning of this word. May God grant that we always rely on his word, read it often, and put it into practice. selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites the Terry and Jesse Show, and they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow, that's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back to the Bible with the Barbers. You'll notice my wife is not alongside of me. She's calling in because she's on baby duty with her grandson. Mary Danielle, this article really touched me called Bible Verses to Meditate on When Life is Uncertain. He says, if you are unsure about the future, meditate on these Bible verses. Verses. I mean, a lot of people are unsure with this coronavirus, and there's a lot of trepidation going on. There are some times in our life when the future is blurry at best. <laughs> you think? We simply don't know what is going to happen, and that might frighten us. The good news is that we are not alone, and the Bible reinforces this truth time and time again. And we have a few Bible verses to meditate on during these such times, reminding ourselves that what? That God is in control. Mary, can you share some of those verses with us? Well, we have in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Yep. Have no anxiety at all, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Wow. That's reassuring, isn't it? It is. And that's, you know, again, who's in control? God is in control. Mm. And what is our life about? Our life is about living in union with God. 
God has called us to live in union with him. And he never promised to remove all the suffering from life. But we often get the idea that maybe somehow that was part of the deal. <laughs> but, but by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, being grateful to God, being always grateful to God. God is good, and we can be so grateful. And that, you know, it's interesting, just on a psychological basis, sure. if you're having trouble, yeah. uh, get a little book and every day write down three things you're grateful for. Great idea. It lifts your spirit. Yep. I love it. I like that you got an attitude of gratitude, and that's welcome just about everywhere. I can hear our grandson wanting to get in. I wonder if he's going to end up being a radio host someday, my love. We'll find out. There you go. All right. (laughs) The second verse that we'd like to meditate on here that deals with um, life is Matthew chapter 6, verse 26. This one everybody's heard, but when are we thinking about it? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into the barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Mary Danielle, I I remember reading that as a young person and going, wow, that, you know, that God does. You think about who takes care of all this, the world, you know, the nature and how God has set that up. And then for ourselves that, you know, we have to have trust and, you know, we know that the divine mercy is all about Jesus, I trust in thee. So I want to encourage folks right now to say that during the day, Jesus, I trust in thee. And I think that will help you get along in the day. But that's my take. What, what's your take on that verse from Matthew, Mary Danielle? Yeah, I think, yeah, exactly. We need to learn to trust in the Lord. And, and it's interesting because the birds of the air, you know, look at all the birds outside. How many species of birds are there in the world? And God feeds them all. Yep. Yep. You know, they're not troubled. And, and that's, you know, he said, our Lord would say about, he said, you know, even, even Solomon wasn't arrayed as, as the, you know, the little flowers of the field yeah. that God takes care of. And I was like, what? Yeah. Solomon and all his beauty was not arrayed as these little flowers of the field. Wow. <laughs> no, so what, what, you know, are we really focused on what's really important or are we getting distracted? Mary Danielle, Proverbs is next. I, I, I remember Steve Wood years ago when we had a young family years ago. He always would say, take one proverb every day and uh, you'll uh, learn a lot from the Bible. But uh, our next one is Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Can you share that one? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. On your own intelligence, do not rely. In all your ways, be mindful of him, and he will straight will make straight. Your path. Yep, your path. He will make straight your mm-hmm. paths. Yep. That's from Proverbs three five and six. Awesome. So we want again trust in the Lord with all of our heart, and and again, lean not on our understanding. It's not you know we think we have all the answers. We think we have it all figured out, and that we have to figure all these things out, and we don't rely enough on God. You know, Mary, what makes me think, one of my spiritual books I have on my shelf here in the studio from Opus Dei, Scepter Press, and as a a priest from Spain, he wrote a book about trust. And he said, you know, the real problem in our world is many of us don't really believe that God will take care of us. And that's why we're falling. And I thought, that is so true. Very insightful insight on, on our lives. So, again... Uh, the Proverbs, you know, 
constantly trust in the Lord with all your heart. And how do we do that? A lot of times it's just by living in the presence of God and saying these prayers during the day. I think sometimes, you know, like I have a a prayer. Mary hears it all day long when I'm with her. I give thee thanks, almighty, all merciful, and all loving God for all the blessings that I have received from thy bounty through Christ our Lord. Amen. I say that a number of times during the day because I want to be thankful because I want to focus on that in my life. And I really think that it helps me get through the day. So Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 6. The next biblical teaching that we have is from Hebrews chapter 13. Uh, and this one it says, I know you've heard this before. Let your life be free from the love of money, but be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never forsake you or abandon you. Mary, what's that all about? Trust? It is about trust, and it's also about not relying on our material well-being. And it's funny, you know, the Scripture never said that money is the root of all evil. Right, so love. But it does say the love of money is the root of all evil. Mm -hmm. So we want to know that we don't—we're not supposed to love money. We're supposed to love God. We were made— for greatness. We were made for union with God. We were made to be in a love relationship with God, the creator of everything. Well said. That's uh, from Hebrews chapter 13. Mary Danielle, we're taking this article called Bible Verses to Meditate on When Life is Uncertain, if you just tuned in for it. The, the next Bible verse is from Jeremiah chapter 29. Can you share that one, Mary? That's a powerful one. This is so beautiful. I know. For I know well the plans I have in mind for you. <laughs> yeah. Plans for your welfare and not for woe, so as to give you a future of hope. Wow. The Lord wants us to have hope. He wants to give us a future of hope, and not just in eternity. Here and now on this earth, if we live in union with God, mm-hmm. this is what gave the saints. This is what motivated the saints. They fell in love with God, and they knew that they were loved by God, mm-hmm. and they trusted him for everything, and they had hope in him. And when we have our hope in God, even the trials of this life are not going to defeat us. Well said, Mary. This is an attitude of gratitude. Welcome just about everywhere. Wow, that was Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. The next one is from First Peter. So humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your worries upon him because he cares for you. That's 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 to 7. Hey, Mary, remember we always say this, if God stopped thinking about you, Mary Danielle, you would cease to exist. That's how much God loves you. Right, exactly. I remember my father, my father used to tell us that when we were kids, if God ever stopped thinking about you, even for, you know, any portion of a second, you would cease to exist. And I'd say, oh, but my birth certificate would be there. And he'd say, no, it would be as if you had never had been. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it funny. was a kind of an awesome thought. It is an awesome Whoa. thought. You know, yep. and, and that, do we, do we cast our cares on the Lord? Or are we casting our cares on, you know, we're looking to the government to survive well or, you know, solve all our problems. Or are we looking to science or the doctors or are we really relying on the Lord? Yep. Well said. Our last one is from Philippians chapter one, verse six. I am confident of this, 
that the one who began a good work in you will continue to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 1. Go ahead, Mary. Beautiful, beautiful. It is. That's it. I mean, again, are we trusting in the Lord? God is the one who called us into existence, and he called us into existence to show forth his goodness and to share with us his own divine life, his eternal happiness. And what was his eternal happiness in heaven? His own divine life. And God is not a solitude unto himself. He's a community of love and life. He's not an egocentric, egotistical. God is a community of persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit from all eternity. And he is constantly pouring out love, and love is fruitful, and love is diffusive, it gives. And so he creates us, he calls us into existence out of sheer goodness, not because he needed us, (laughs) not because he owed it to us. And he wants to share with us his own life, his own inner life. Wow, Mary. He will complete the work in us if we if we give him permission. Yep. As Mother Teresa told Cardinal O'Connor, <laughs> give God permission. We can stand in the way. Yeah, we God can. God has great plans for us. He's called us to greatness. Are we going to respond and let him have his way in us to work the work he desires, or are we going to stand in the way and say, nope, not today? The only value in saying yes to God is you have the freedom to say no. And this is what's Interesting, the Bible says that your sanctification is willed by God, that God wants you to be in heaven for all eternity, but he also gives you freedom to say yes or to say no to God. And here at the Bible with the Barbers, we're trying to show you that this love letter, which is the Bible that God has given to us through his church, is really an answer for all circumstances that we're in. And especially right now, we wanted to share this because of the coronavirus so many people are really upset and they're scared. I mean, I, I shared on the Terry and Jesse show, people jumping from their apartment houses uh, from their, and dying because they figure life isn't worth living. And here's the point. They don't know the meaning and purpose of life. And here, as Catholics, we do know that. We know that because God has given us an answer through his scriptures on why we're here and where we're going because life is short and eternity is forever. When we come back from the break, Mary, can you share with us the Our Father's Prayer? We've been doing it for, I think, two or three weeks. And also, I want to tease everybody. I have Fulton Sheen's word on, I think it's, give us this a day our daily bread. So it's the super substantial bread of the Holy Eucharist. And this is very appropriate right now, Mary, because for most of us in the country right now and in the world, It's been very difficult to receive Holy Communion because most of the masses in the world right now are are being just, you know, as priests are saying, private masses. So many of us can't get to receive Holy Communion. So I think, Mary, this meditation is even more appropriate for us right now. And uh, Mary Danielle and Terry Barber here with the Bible with the Barbers, we're sharing with you uh, the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father. Mary Danielle, if you're just saying, where is she? Well, she's at home on baby duty. But Can you hear that little guy? That's our grandson. So Mary Danielle, when we come back, let's talk about uh, the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, and inspire us to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church, because we know life is short and eternity is forever. Don't turn that down. We'll be right back on the Bible with the Barbers.
Christ's message of love, mercy, and compassion is for all of humanity. The Last Days, a live passion play being performed in Los Angeles, is an opportunity to get up close and personal with Jesus Christ during the season of Lent. Hi, I'm Maria Vargo, and I play Mary, Jesus' mother, and I'm here with a special invitation for you to join us at Emmanuel Presbyterian Church in Koreatown on April 4th, April 5th, and Good Friday, April 10th. For tickets and more information, go to our website, www.thelastdayspassionplay.com. If you are not able to attend in person, please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation that will help ensure Christ's message is brought to the world through the arts. For more info, go to www.thelastdayspassionplay.com. And please find, follow, and share us on Instagram at The Last Days of Jesus and Facebook at The Last Days of Jesus Passion Play. God bless you, and thank you so much. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And here's an easy way to support us by going to smile.amazon.com and type in Catholic Resource Center or Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And when you log in your Amazon account and you purchase products, a portion of it will go right back in supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And it doesn't cost you a dime. I want to thank you ahead of time because that supports us year-round. May God bless you and your family. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow! That's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1. This is Jesse Romero. You're listening to Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Welcome back to the to the Bible with the Barbers. Thanks, Jesse. We're going to be talking about the Lord's Prayer. Mary Danielle is at home doing baby duty, but she's also on the phone to uh, share the good news of Jesus with us. Mary Danielle, take it away. All right. So we have the the fourth petition of the Our Father. Father, give us this day our daily bread. Right. And it's interesting because this is the one petition in the Our Father that expresses the needs of the body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give us this day our daily bread. So we're asking for the daily. This is basic needs of life. We're not asking for wealth. We're not asking for, you know, fame or whatever. We're just asking for the, the, the basic needs here. And St. Augustine would point out, we ask for these temporal things, not as our goods, but our, our necessities. Mm-hmm. So it, is that we're not putting our hope in the goods, you know, the bread, the daily bread in terms of the food that feeds our body. We don't want to, that's not our true good, but we do need it to keep the body alive. We have certain necessities, right, for the right. body. Of course. And um, we, we need food and shelter and clothing. We don't need luxuries, but we, we need enough food to, to keep us alive. And, and uh, in 1 Timothy, it says, having food and wherewith to be covered. With these, we are content, not an extra amount. And, and in Proverbs 3, 8, it will say, give me only the necessities of life. So the Lord is teaching us to, be, um, um, to ask the Father with humility, 
and modesty and filial trust. I'm not asking for extravagance. I'm just asking for the basic needs. And, and, but trusting in the Lord that he will take care and that he knows best our needs. Okay. That he's concerned about us. He's, he made us, you know, it's like, um, do you think maybe he cares <laughs> sure that we have enough to eat? Of uh, course. No, he just made you to starve to death. You know, like the, like the Israelites who said, why did you bring us out in this desert to starve to death? And it's like, well, no, God didn't bring you out to starve to death. He brought you out to get you out of sin and, and to, to teach you a new way of life, of, of life in union with him. It says, Jesus teaches us in this petition because it glorifies our Father by acknowledging how good he is beyond all goodness. He, Jesus teaches us this petition because it glorifies our Father by acknowledging how good he is beyond all goodness. He takes care of our needs, even our bodily needs. Catechism of the Catholic Church, 28, 28. Mm-hmm. The Father who gives us life cannot but give us the nourishment life requires all appropriate goods and blessings, both material and spiritual. Catechism of the Catholic Church, 2830. Beautiful. So we're requesting this, and it's a gift from God. God will give his gift to us. You know, what did Jesus say in the gospel? He said, do not be anxious about what you shall eat and what you shall drink or what you shall put on. Remember, the pagans seek these things. For your Father knows what you need. Seek first the kingdom of God and his justice, and all these things shall be given you besides, Matthew six thirty one through 33. So not only are we, you know, trusting, but we're look, there's a certain poverty of spirit here, isn't there? Yes. That we're not going to insist that God take away all suffering, and we're not going to insist that he give us an extra abundance of, you know, like the, the, the rich man who had the great harvest and said, I know it all, dear. Yeah, tear I'll tear down. down all my storage bins and build bigger ones because I have, and I'm going to relax now because I have food, I have plenty stored up for years to come. And the Lord says to him, you fool, this very night your life will be required of you. Well, you had an abundance of harvest, you could have given it to the poor. That's right. We don't know, you know, if we have more than we need of this world's goods, we're supposed to share them. And the Father takes good care of us. So we're looking to God, and we know that everything we have is a gift. And, um, you know, the, the Scripture tells us, He is your Father who created you, Deuteronomy 32. And, of course, 1 Peter 5, 7, which we read, cast all your cares upon Him, because He cares for you. That, do we really believe? We need to believe that God cares. And so He feeds us. And uh, it's interesting because the petition, you know, the Our Father, we say Our Father. And so we say, give us this day our daily bread. Mm -hmm. In our Christian life, we're never supposed to be so so closed in on ourselves that we don't see the needs of our brothers and sisters around us. Mary Danielle, do you remember the story that Mother Teresa told us about the Muslim family that lived next to the Christian family and how they shared their food? Do you recall that one that Bishop Sheen shared? I I remember that, yeah, the, 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 um, I thought it was a Muslim woman and a Hindu woman. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. The Muslim woman, she came to, she didn't have enough rice for her family. Right. So she came to Mother Teresa's sisters and asked for rice, and they gave her rice. But she didn't keep everything they gave her. Right. She took it out and split it with her neighbor, who wow. was a Hindu. Wow. Yeah. And again, this is, are we looking for the needs of those around us? Are we trying to help those? And that's, it's so beautiful. The Holy Father has given a plenary indulgence to anyone who's suffering from coronavirus, yes. not just those who are suffering, anyone who's taking care of them. Right. Oh, but also 
anyone who prays for them. Yes. Are we praying for a cure and a, and I and that these people will have someone to take care of them, that they're not dying in isolation and they're not alone, and that their family members can be there at their sides? It's you know I, sometimes we're way too afraid of diseases. It's like leprosy. You know, back in the day, people were so afraid of leprosy that they you know they when people got lepros leprosy mm-hmm. they were cast out. And Father Damien lived with the lepers for twenty years before mm-hmm. he he contracted it. Right. No, that's, you know, that's beautiful. Mary Danielle, you mentioned, because uh, we mentioned this too, about the Pope uh, giving special indulgences. But, you know, you're pretty good at this, and I know it because you're my wife. But you talk about, there's there's things that we have, like, for example, detachment from any sin. Uh, can you, um, I have my, my article from the LifeSite News, uh, you know, spirituality uniting themselves to the church to the celebration of Mass or reciting the Holy Rosary. Pious practice of the cross, carrying of the stations of the cross, some devotion, reciting the creed, the Lord's prayer, you know, all that's good. But there is one thing that's a little diff is a is a detachment. Can you explain what detachment from sin is? Well, and we have to really examine ourselves. We get a, it means we 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 don't have any attachment to it. Mm-hmm. We are we don't like sin. We hate sin. Mm-hmm. And so we, we need to pray for that grace. We need to pray for the grace to have this detachment from sin that enables us to gain the plenary indulgence. And plenary indulgences can always be offered for the poor souls in purgatory by way of suffrage. You can gain them for the poor souls. Wow. You, you'll, you'll have a, 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 um, a, an eternal friend. Yeah, that's right. Plenary indulgence for a poor soul in purgatory. Ooh. But it's interesting because usually for um, to, re- to receive a plenary indulgence, you have to go to confession right. within, um, you know, two weeks before or after. You have to do the indulgence stack, and you have to go to Mass and receive Holy Communion on the day of the indulgence. Because of the extraordinary circumstances here, yes. the Holy Father has attached the plenary indulgence to you know, if you watch the Mass online, yes, and then the, the communion can be supplied by a spiritual communion, That's right. and make the intention to receive the Much sacrament easier. of confession mm-hmm. as soon as it is available to you. Yes. And by the way, the priests are hearing confessions, so there are ways to get to confession. Yeah. yeah. Mary Danielle, so. uh, uh, getting back to the Our Father, I just I had to throw that in about the, uh, uh, about the situation on the indulgences, because that's so important right now in our church. I, I just got word right now, Mary Danielle, uh, that in our Archdiocese of Los Angeles, as of Sunday, they're going to be closing all the churches now from even being able to make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament. So that's going to be even stronger medicine for us all to, to have to deal with. So then, again, again, spiritual communions. We have it on our website at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. So if you don't have a copy, you can just read it right on the website. Also, we have the breastplate prayer of St. Patrick, and also Psalm 91 for you. And this is the time where we have to step up our prayer life. Also, if I have time, if not today, next week, I want to give you what Fulton Sheen has to say also about our daily bread. Continue, Mary. We still have three or four minutes before we have to break. Well, the interesting thing about this petition is the words used and the meaning of daily um, in this, epiusius, it's the only place that this word is used in Scripture. As a matter of fact, it, 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 it's not even anywhere else in ancient Greek. 
And the word actually means our super essential bread. Mm, And St. Jerome would translate it super substantial. Mm. It is a specific reference to the Eucharist. That the daily bread that we are asking for is to be united to Christ himself in the Eucharist, to receive his body, blood, soul, and divinity. Wow. And of course, you know, faith is the bread that, that feeds our, our, our spiritual life. But, but more than that, Christ himself became our daily bread, because in John 6, he tells us quite solemnly, mm-hmm. Amen, I mean, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you shall not have life in you. But he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has life everlasting, and I will raise him up on the last day. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate man in the desert, but they died. Wow. This bread comes down from heaven so that anyone who eats of it, he will not die. Anyone who eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. Wow. So it's Christ in the Eucharist that we're, we're, we're asking to be united to him. It's a great, great great mystery i mean seriously yeah we could do probably two two shows (laughs) (laughs) easy but yeah yeah it's so beautiful Beautiful. when when we come back from the break mary please continue i can take bishop sheen for another day because what you're getting into really is john six uh with that the eucharistic discourse and i would encourage everybody now that we have a little bit more time where many of us aren't working right now to pick up the gospel of john chapter six and read through that it's very inspirational, and that will give you an incentive, again, to make more spiritual communions. You're listening to The Bible with the Barbers. Mary Danielle's calling in because she's on baby duty with our grandson. Mary, you're doing great. I, I I would love to have you night next to me, but you're doing great. And I want to also encourage you, if you have a question or a comment, you want to call in at 888-526-2151. That's 888 And I want to take this time to also thank everybody who's praying for Virgin Most Powerful Radio staff. Everybody's, you know, doing their duty here, trying to get the good news of Jesus Christ into people's souls by our radio show. And I want to thank all of you who support us. If you want to become a monthly donor, I'll give you my cell number. You can call me at 661-972-7872 or go online to virginmostpowerfulradio.org. And when we come back, we'll talk more about the Lord's Prayer, especially the the Eucharist. At this time, we all want Jesus and the Blessed Sacrament. Don't turn that dial. We'll be back in a quick minute. The Helpless, a Minnesota St. Paul nonprofit organization chaired by Father of Tear and volunteers, is humbly asking you for your kind support to help the poor and the handicapped children in India and Ecuador. Through financial support from the help of the helpless benefactors, the children are provided with clothing, food, education, shelter, and the teachings of the Catholic Church. The mission is to help children thrive and become self-sufficient young adults leading productive lives. We also provide aid to poor families in Ecuador with food baskets, medicines, medical assistance, and help with funeral needs for the deceased. The work in India is done by Father Antonio's organization, St. Mary's, 
in Ecuador, the work is being done by the Servant Sisters of the Home of Mother. You can call us at 877-762-8857. To learn more, please visit our website, www.helpthehelpless.org. God bless you. Hebrews 11.3 says, By faith we come to understand. According to St. Augustine, understanding is the reward of faith. Therefore, seek not to understand that you may believe, but believe that you may understand. May God grant us a strong living faith in Him and His divine plan of salvation and help us to believe so that we may understand. Buying or selling your home or your business property? This is Terry Barber. Real Estate for Life underwrites The Terry and Jesse Show. And they can connect you to one of 900 pro-life real estate agents around the world. And when they receive their referral fee, they will give 80% of it to a pro-life organization. Wow! That's 80%. Realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US1. Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome back to the Bible with the Barbers. This is interesting because Mary Danielle is not alongside of me here. As you can see on Facebook or YouTube, she's at home having baby duty with our, our grandson. Mary Danielle, you were just sharing the discourse about the Our Father prayer about the super substantial bread in the Eucharist. Can you please continue on that? And so we have, uh, give us this day our daily bread, the mm-hmm. abuse is super substantial. Mm-hmm. And, and it says this day. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because um, in, in this day, what is this? Is this does this just mean this this temporal day? Is it just referring to that? And what the church teaches us is that there's um, a theological meaning and a meaning eschatological means pointing toward the end of time, pointing toward heaven. Okay, mm-hmm. and it says that this day refers above all to His Word and to the body of His Son. This today is not only our mortal time but also to the day of God. If you receive the bread each day, writes St. Ambrose, mm-hmm. each day is today for you. If Christ is yours today, he rises for you every day. Mm-hmm. How can this be? And then St. Ambrose quotes, you are my son today, I have begotten you, from Hebrews. Mm-hmm. Therefore, today is when Christ rises. and Of course, Jesus rose from the dead once, historically, Mm -hmm. but that resurrection is a continuous, as it were, eternal event, because in heaven, the victim who immolated himself is no longer dying, but continues to offer his act of immolated love Mm -hmm. in his risen, ascended, glorified state. So you can uh, look that up in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, 2836, and also in St. Ambrose, um, St. Ambrose's writings. So it's a particular invitation to become a, a daily communicant. Yes, big time. You know, inviting us to receive Jesus every day and also to make spiritual communions 
And every time we say the Our Father, give us this day our daily bread, to make that a spiritual communion. Right. Beautiful. This way, we're sharing in Christ. And by sharing in Christ, we come to share in his resurrected life. Right. This day, it refers to the entire Paschal mystery, the passion, death, resurrection, and glory of Jesus. And St. Peter Chrysologus, he's another father, St. Ambrose was a a father of the church. Peter Chrysologus is a father of the church, and St. Peter Chrysologus writes, The Father in heaven urges us as children of heaven to ask for the bread of heaven. Christ himself is the bread who, sown in the virgin, raised up in the flesh, kneaded in the passion, baked in the oven of the Mm. tomb, reserved in churches, brought to the altars, finishes the faithful each day, furnishes, excuse me, furnishes the faithful each day with food from heaven. And of course, he is the bread from heaven. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because, you know, there, there's a saying in the church that the Eucharist is what makes the church. Yes. Because the Eucharist is Christ and it is he who unites us. Right. It, so it, when we receive him, Yes. Now, Mary, the Church also teaches at the Second Vatican Council, especially that this Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. And so, you know, sometimes people try to explain that, you know, Vatican II did away with uh, with the teaching on the Eucharist. It, it did not. And one more kick, quick note I want to, because people are at home, they have time. There's a document called Mysterium Fide, and it was Pope Paul VI who wrote it during the Second Vatican Council in 1965, and it very clearly teaches uh, the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. And Mary Danielle, this is something that I feel like many people have forgotten because we saw the Pew Research back in June showing like 70-80% of the Catholics don't believe in the real presence. Do you think that maybe going back to some of the documents like Mysterium Fide will help people understand what we really believe in the Eucharist? Absolutely, and, and and you know, shout out to Bishop Barron who at the at the CCD conference oh, I think, here, yeah, it was fantastic. gave a clarification about what the church really teaches on the Eucharist. And we had a, a gentleman that we know who's a permanent deacon in the church, and he said, "I didn't know that Catholics didn't believe consubstantiation. Right. Consubstantiation when you say if you say if you say Jesus is present in the bread and the wine." That's consubstantiation. That doctrine was condemned at the Council of Trent. That is what Martin Luther taught after he left the church. And this deacon, permanent deacon in the Catholic Church, who's gone through the training, he didn't know until Bishop Barron gave his talk this year at the CCD Congress on the Eucharist to explain what the Catholic Church actually does teach. The Eucharist is not a symbol of Christ. The Eucharist is not pointing just to heaven. The Eucharist is not um, just signifying Christ somehow. The Eucharist is not Jesus present in the bread and the wine. No, what the Catholic Church teaches and always has taught is that the bread and the wine are changed. The substance of bread and wine no longer exist after the consecration because they are changed into the substance of the living, glorified body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. As he is present in heaven, so is he present in the Eucharist. And it is it, the appearance of bread and wine remains, but it's not bread and wine. It's really Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity. 
And we, we need to really go back and relearn our Catholic faith because we're losing it. Yeah. Mary Danielle, I had Bishop David O'Connell on uh, last week. It's going to be for this Friday's broadcast for the Terry and Jesse show. And I brought that situation up. You just mentioned about our deacon friend here in the L.A. diocese. And he just said that we got to do better. We got to do better. We're not teaching people the correct teachings. And he's our bishop. And he said that. You'll hear it on Friday on the Terry and Jesse show. But the point I'm trying to convey is, Mary, you just said we got to go back to basics. Boy, do we, because it's almost like we've had amnesia because so many Catholics, unfortunately, don't believe in the real presence. I will use this under the appearance of bread and wine. Did you notice I said under the appearance of bread and wine, it appears to be bread and wine, but it's not. It's the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. And I think that we have to beat that drum the rest of our life. Mary, you know for 40 years I've been asking people in churches what they believe about the real presence, and it, and it, it's the same thing. They don't understand what you just explained so so succinctly about what we believe about the Holy Eucharist. And this is right from what you were talking about, the Our Father, Mary Danielle, and that is about giving us this super substantial bread, and it's referring to the Holy Eucharist. Your final thoughts, because we have about three minutes left, Mary. Just that, you know, in the Eucharist, it is Christ that we receive. So remember that as Christians, we can never ignore the needs of our brothers and sisters. Mm. Because Jesus said, whatever you did to the least of my brothers, you do to me. So if we're going to receive Jesus, if we're going to really fall in love with him, we need to be serving our neighbor too. So we need to look to the needs of our neighbor. And and also ask your angels to help. The angels are there with us. They adore Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Any Catholic church you walk into, it doesn't matter how empty it looks. It is full of, of angels <laughs> and right. saints adoring Jesus. So ask the angels to help. And they, you know, they're, they're trying to help us get to heaven. And, um, they want to help us and teach us how to truly adore Jesus. And let's really, you know, really consider this gift that God has given, that God himself makes himself the food, not only for our soul, but for our body. Mary Danielle, let me jump in. Let me jump in for something, yes. because I think you're going to tie it right in with the Fatima prayer of the children for the Blessed Sacrament. I, I, I share this because I've heard you say, you remember when we went to Fatima and we were there where, the angel was going to give Holy Communion to the seers. Can you share that story with our listeners? Well, the, the angel appeared, and he gave Holy Communion to the children, and it turns out that there had been a parish yep. where the Blessed Sacrament had been desecrated, yep. and the priest hadn't had a chance to dis properly dispose of the, the, the Eucharistic species, so he took it and wrapped it in a corporal and put it in the tabernacle, and then he went back to get it, and it was gone. And what the church tells us is that the angel took that host mm -hmm. and gave it to the children in communion. Right. So we need to ask the angels to help us to worship Jesus properly and ask the angels to bring us Holy Communion in this time. Oh, yeah. We can't receive Jesus sacramentally because they could, if God wills it, they can do that. Yeah. You know, my angel, go assist at the masses that are being offered and then bring me Holy Communion, but also make spiritual communions throughout the day. Fulfill, um, feed our longing for Jesus. Jesus loves it when we long for his coming. Mm. Come, Lord Jesus, come. 
And so let's, let us long, truly long for the coming of our Lord. Hunger and thirst for his presence. And, and Mary, what was the prayer the little children prayed before they received Holy Communion about reparation prayer? Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore you profoundly. I offer you the precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifferences by which he is offended, and through the infinite merits of his most sacred heart, and through the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg of you the conversion of poor sinners. Wow. Mary Danielle, good news here. The Portuguese bishops have invited all nations of the world to be to consecrate their country to the Blessed Virgin Mary on March 27th. And already the Spanish Bishops Conference said, yes, we want to do that. And so I think it's awesome that the Portuguese uh, bishops and the Spanish bishops are uniting on this. I would say that this should go, this should be, this should, this should spread faster than the coronavirus in the sense of getting everybody on target for this. <laughs> Mary Danielle, your final thoughts. We just have a minute and a half. What a, what a gift God has given us mm-hmm. in sending his son. But, and he didn't just send his son to be here for a while. Jesus ter- changed bread and wine into his own body and blood so that he could remain with us till the end of time to give us strength, to be the food for our journey in this life. So do not neglect the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. If you can't get out of your house, you can make a holy hour from your home, make spiritual communions throughout the day, not just once or twice, but many times. Invite Jesus to come and live in your heart and remain with you and ask for the grace to remain in him. Well said, I might add also when you cross, when you go by a Catholic church today, even driving, uh, bless yourself if you have a minute to pull into the parking lot and say, Jesus, I know you're there. I can't go into your into the church right now, but my will is that I would love to adore you. And say a little prayer from the parking lot in your car. Just an idea. And what is that idea? Help you get to heaven because life is short. Eternity is forever. And that's our job, to help you, our listener, get to heaven. And may God richly bless you. And Virgin Most Powerful will continue to feed you with what the Catholic Church teaches in season and out. May God love you. Full sheen ahead at Virgin Most Powerful. St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests O my Jesus, I beg thee on behalf of the whole Church, Grant it love and the light of thy spirit, and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to thee, O Lord. Lord, give us holy priests. Thou thyself maintain them in holiness. O divine and great high priest, may the power of thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us. Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.